0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again.
1: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience Travelers Championship Millionaire Maker DraftKings Picks and Preview. We have guests back. It's not just going to be me. However, I do want to tell you to smash the like button for the episode and give me your favorite below 7k sleeper of the week. Also, review and rate Rate five stars on the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. You want to leave a review? Put you in the good books. And you want to be in the good books, trust me on this one. Because I got Millionaire Maker tickets to give away. The giveaway is going to be on Twitter. It's going to be on Wednesday, starting at noon Eastern. If you're not following me on Twitter, (laughs) big mistake. You're not going to fucking win uh, if you're not going to be doing that. But, I mean, you want to be following the account. uh, You'll want to be watching out around noon on Wednesday. A tweet's going to come out. There's going to be a two-hour window where you're going to get your chance for one of... X amount of millionaire maker tickets. It was 20 last week. I don't know how many it's going to be this week. Maybe it's more. I like I gave away 200 or 100 or something for MMA one week. It was like 2,500 bucks worth. So probably not going to be that many because golf is filling, including the Pat Mayo Experience, DraftKings Open. I'd say join the league, but all 5,000 spots are already full. Hopefully, DraftKings gets the memo and makes the best tournament on DraftKings, rake free, mind you, even better. Larger than before. There's a lot there were seventy five thousand dollars of rake free guaranteed money in this week filled in twenty four hours. What can we do with seventy five hundred spots? Over a hundred K guaranteed. I think we might start to find out. Also, I want to once again give a big shout-out to Nathan, who won the Millionaire Maker this weekend, viewer of the show, and a founding member of FantasyNational.com, one of the very first people to sign up for the site, like three years ago. Uh, So he gets that elusive founding member status. He won the million bucks. If you... I mean, if you wanted to become a member at FantasyNational.com, go to FantasyNational.com slash Mayo. Get the weekly, annual, or the monthly. Annual is the best deal, obviously. If you want to test the waters, use the weekly. And with that code Mayo or slash Mayo, you get 20% off. So I highly recommend that. The tools and stats point you in the right directions. No one there giving you picks. You put in your inputs. It'll tell you what you want to see. If you want to use it properly, hey, that's all on you. There's also a Millionaire Maker big hit giveaway DraftKings is doing. I've been told to talk about this. Uh, If you enter two lineups in the Millionaire Maker and the winning score of the golfer who wins this weekend is 20 under or better, you get a free $3 ticket. Enter three or four lineups in the Million Maker. Get a $10 ticket if the winning score is 15, minus 15, or better. Here's the one you probably want to take advantage of. It's the biggest deal. Enter five lineups in the Millionaire Maker. If the winning score is better than minus 10, you get a free Millionaire Maker ticket for the next week, a $20 ticket to any contest you want. So uh, that one's probably going to happen, so we can go forth with that. Enough of me. Actually, check out yesterday's show, Sunday's show. Download them all if you haven't already. Ben Raza is back. He broke the studio. He's back now. He's from Awesomeo.com. What's going on, my man?
2: Nothing. I'm glad. Yeah, I thought I might have got the lifetime ban after I broke everything, but uh, back in business.
1: As it turns out, it wasn't you who broke it. It was us who broke it. So
2: we we, have we we
1: have sad. We've figured out, I think, 90 (laughs) percent of the problem, but enough that I can hear you. You can hear me. You can you can't see me is the only thing I can see you, though.
2: All that matters. There we go. We'll, We'll deal with it. We're getting back in the flow.
1: All right, did you uh just very quickly, did you have any thoughts about last week? Uh, did you ever expect to see someone generate the optimal lineup and enter into the millionaire maker?
2: I really didn't. Congratulations to Nate as well. Just dominant. Uh it must be nice to coast to a milli win. That's something I never thought we would see. Um just unbelievable really.
1: Yeah, it's so funny, like, when you look at the majority of optimal lineups for a week, no one ever has them, because they involve some, like, two duds that are, like, 6,200, or they they just happen to jam in to make the very top end work with all the top guys. Not this week, Nathan figured it out.
2: Yeah, I mean, it it fit like a puzzle. Uh, It wasn't crazy at all, just everything across the board, just perfect. So again, congrats to him. We'll see what, what this week brings.
1: Yeah, and it was very interesting. We always talk about ownership in pivots and this was kind of the type of roster that we always talk about. It had like two chalky guys in it. Webb was in it, obviously. Now he was the most owned guy, but he also won, so you needed him. It had a bunch of guys in like the double, it had five other guys or four other guys in the double digits in the teens and then Neiman at like 2%. There was your differentiator. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. You don't need to be, we talk about this all the time. You don't need to be different in six spots. You just need cumulatively to be different. Uh, And we saw that last week with Neiman being the clear leverage.
1: Yeah. And he left $100 on the table. Sometimes that's enough. That helps. Yep. All right. So again, those giveaways coming Wednesday at... 12 p.m. Eastern Time on at the PME Twitter account. Also, live chat Wednesday, 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time, DraftKings YouTube channel, facebook.com slash PME, and up on the audio podcast feed as soon as it is over. Rate it five stars while you're there, especially if you want to get one of those tickets. Wink, wink. Let's go, all right? So, let's jump into this. We got a lot of guys above $10,000 this week at TPC River Highlands, another Pete Dye course, Part 70, 68.50 in terms of yardage. Not real long, so when I went back and looked at the actual numbers, Ben, on who excels at this course, there's many ways that you can tackle it, but ball striking, like it's the first of the f- – first three tournaments we've had since we've been back this is the first one that really puts a lean on off the tee over around the green so off the tee in approach short power fours are really the three things that I'm coming down with now you see Chez Rivi won last year so you don't need to be a bomber I think this is where people get confused when they think about off the tee some short hitters are really good off the tee although they don't hit it 350 yards Chez uh, Rivi was one of those guys he crushed it off the tee last year
2: Yeah, you can gain. I always think of Molinari uh, when I think about that. You can gain off the tee strokes gained off the tee without being long. That just means that you're hitting a ton of fairways, you can control the ball, so total driving things like that are definitely pertinent this week. It's not just bombers.
1: So the top of the ten thousand dollar level, Rory for the third consecutive week comes in as the highest price player. He is eleven thousand two hundred. Bryson has cracked the elevens as well. He's even eleven thousand dollars. JT ten eight, Webb ten five, Rom ten two, Brooks and even ten thousand dollars. For me, I think this is one of these tournaments where I'm just going to bank on the very, very, very top end guys not winning again and fade everyone besides (laughs) Rom.
2: Okay. I like, if I had to pick one guy, it would probably be Rom as well. Uh, you know, you're getting a savings from Rory. He can lean on the driver. He hasn't been great, but he also hasn't been banned. He couldn't putt at Charles Schwab, rebounded and was middling last week, uh, I do like Rory quite a bit, though, as well. He's someone I think the course will fit a little bit, can be more aggressive. Um, And then, you know, we talk about this every week. You're going to get ownership on these guys. You can't really choose wrong. But I'm going to be leaning more on those traditional, more aggressive drivers of the ball right now.
1: So I'm looking at the very ownership uh, from FantasyNational.com. This just takes an aggregation of people who people are using on the site, spits it all in one. And then we see the generated lineups. Obviously, it's still very early in the week. It's Tuesday afternoon, t- early Tuesday, late morning. So you want to check in like Wednesday evening. Once everyone's like generated their lineups. we're like, oh, no one's actually using that guy because stuff can swing. Once you, know, you hear people talk, you know, some people come late and they're like, oh, that guy looks good. Then all of a sudden the ownership starts to rise. But it does appear like no one's using web.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's got the double whammy. He's sandwiched between a lot of big drivers. He won last week, which I'm guilty of too. A lot of people, uh, it's counterintuitive, but when when people win, they they tend to fade them the next week. I think the course is fine for him. I still... You know, it's just hard for me to pay $300 more for Webb than when I can get Rom. I just, I really have trouble doing that. And it's not like Webb is going to be super low-owned, even though he's clearly not going to be what he was last week.
1: Yeah, like, initially, my lean was, hey, Justin Thomas is going to wreck this place, and I think that he might. That's the scary part about having Rory Bryson and JT all at the top, is one of those three guys finally plays to their top end, and it's over. Like, they're going to win. That's why I wanted to go with Rom, because I think that Brooks is going to be pretty popular for good reasons, he actually showed up last week, that it feels like Rom, I thought was going to get sandwiched a little bit because he initially opened at 22. Uh, then he settled at 20 once the odds were readjusted. And I was like, oh, maybe if he drops down to 25, I'll bet him to win. It's gone the other way. It seems like people are actually all over John Rahm this week.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I, like I said, I think he fits the course well. Um, he's someone that we really, and it's early. I'm sure he'll have some lumps, but he he really hasn't had prolonged, Bad stretches. Uh, he has a couple missed cuts and he rebounds immediately. You know, he's had two so so performances to start this rebound season. He'll be fine. So I think this is honestly almost a buy low spot on a guy who's still 10,200.
1: So if we look at it, I sorted fantasy national just by the last two weeks. So the first two events back to see how players and like, it's, it's really tough to get a judge of recent form because putting plays so much into that ball striking wise, how are people doing? So if we just sort by strokes game ball striking, which is an amalgamation of off the tee and approach in terms of strokes gained, the top 10 players in this field over the first two tournaments back answer bryson sergio neiman doc redman max homa victor hovland the glove lucas glover joel damon and once we get to this nine thousand dollar range my pick to win this tournament 9400 bucks dustin johnson
2: Yeah, well, we're going to be going down. I really like DJ as well. Uh, He kind of got overshadowed, I thought, by Brooks making a charge. And last week, he was really good. He just, his short game was non-existent. So 9,400 can be more aggressive here. Poa... uh, What's not to like about DJ this week?
1: Yeah, I feel like he's going to get a whole lot of steam coming at him. If you look at the entire 9K area, Cantley is back. He's 98, plays this course really well. Xander, 96, then DJ, then Rose at 92, followed by Morikawa and Answer. I'm really curious to see what happens with the ownership of Answer, like Nine thousands not too much to pay for him if he continues to play this way, but it feels like he ha- he was he peaked last week. Like can he do that again? I'm gonna probably say no, but he might just hit four more putts this week, and he doesn't need to be as good, tee to green because the guy couldn't get anything to drop. For me in this area though, it's DJ and it's Morikawa, and that's probably gonna be it.
2: It's just really, I mean, listen, he should have won, you know, not, whatever. I'm not going to talk about Webb, but yeah, answer struck the ball better than anyone last week. He, he should have won that tournament. It is kind of hard to think there won't be, you know, look at Morikawa. I don't want to pull, uh, you know, it's just one week, but he kind of should have won two weeks ago and he was not as crisp last week. You don't know if that's a hangover effect or whatnot. That was the first time he's lost with the irons in seemingly forever. So uh, there is something to that. I'm pretty comfortable with Rose, especially if people don't want to go there. His game's, I don't want to say all over the place, but he can get hot with the putter. He can get hot ball striking. Just good player, 9,200. I feel comfortable going DJ Rose if I had to pick two.
1: DJ Rose. I'm going to go DJ Morikawa. What do we do with Cantlay? Because he's always a popular play. He crushes this course. He hasn't played yet since the hiatus. However, the last time we saw him, he was great in the first round at the players. And he's someone who takes prolonged absences as it is anyway. So maybe this will be fine for him.
2: That's the thing. Um, you know, we, we, you look at Hideki and then you look at Hatton and that just shows the range of outcomes when we have no data. The thing is, Patrick Cantley is a guy who's, it's not some JM. Um, you know, he he takes long breaks and he comes back. Paul Casey kind of similar uh, in, in a way that I, I trust them more than most to come back and be all right. I still kind of feel they're more cashy than, than tournament viable, but I'm not too concerned about Cantlay just seemingly not having it. I, I'd expect them to be just fine.
1: So when we're thinking about roster construction this week, like I said, if I only use a ROM, and maybe I'll go from ROM Hell onto web or something like that at some point. I'm pretty committed to Rom now, but if he ends up becoming the highest owned player of the slate, might have to pivot off that. Tune into Wednesday's show to get the final picks and the full betting card when it comes down to it. But do you just jam in like? It feels like the best lineup so far have been the ones that are capping their bottoms at like 7,100 bucks. Like they're not dipping into the $6,000 level, which means that fading this very top end is probably the move and even loading up. Like if you like Dustin and Rose, that's great. You can play those two. You can even throw Morikawa onto that too, if that's how you want to start your team.
2: Yeah. I mean the, the balance builds that are like you mentioned, it's almost like three in the nines, three in the sevens. Uh, That can be really effective. This is the first week and it is Tuesday morning that I'm really considering taking two guys up top and going way lower. Uh, So either like trying to jam Rom and DJ or even more aggressive like Rory and DJ, Rory and Rom, combos like that. To do that, I'm going to have to open it up at the bottom. But this is the first week where I actually am planning to do that a little bit.
1: I do have some plays from the bottom that I think that could work. The one thing you need to be careful of at Travelers Championship, especially with the new 65 and tie cut line rule, this is a completely full field. There's 156 players here. So out of any tournament all year long, this is going to be the one where the fewest amount of people, this and like the U.S. Open, that end up missing the cut. So it's going to be risky to go superstars and scrubs, but if you, there's that much volatility in the cut line anyway, maybe. I mean, it's not as likely as someone in the six thousand dollar area makes the cut over someone in the nine thousand dollar area, but if you know, it probably does mean that more people near the top will end up missing the cut. So, if you can pick right, you open yourself up to like the best guys.
2: That's the thing. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword. Obviously, it's much harder for for these cheapies to make the cut, but at the same time there's going to be more big names just because of how many there are that we'll miss uh, just by the cumulative nature of a full field like this. So I'm going to, like I said, I'm planning to open it up. I think the sixes is better this week than it has been, Uh, but we'll get there. I got some extreme dark horses when we get down there.
1: Uh, Are you playing answer or not?
2: No, I I mean, I may have a sliver, but I, I doubt I get over the field if he has any ownership. It's just hard for me to pay 9,000 for him right now.
1: Uh, the early look has him around 14% ownership actually generated in 16% of lineups.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I probably half that may, maybe a flyer here and there. I just great. I, I was rooting for him hard for a lot of reasons last week, but I, I just don't see buying at the top.
1: Well, you actually kind of pointed it out really well is that answer continues. It's not like he's gagging away leads on Sundays. Like he's playing no. really well. And then someone just comes and storms him.
2: That's what's, you know, there's so many narratives that go, like, if you shoot six six under bogey free on Sunday and you lose, I mean, what are you supposed to do? I, I don't, you know, that's not his fault in any regard. He did everything. And this has happened multiple times to him. He's not gagging him away. He's just getting beat. So that's got to be frustrating. Playing great. I'm sure he will break through eventually. I just don't see it right here.
1: Yeah, this is a good course. Like, just on paper, I feel like this is a really good course for him. But when you're talking about him, like him and Dustin Johnson being $400 apart, like it's like, what are we talking about here? And maybe that's that's just me buying into, hey, Dustin's like probably the best player in the world at any certain given time. Answer just is not.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I still tend, it's why I get in trouble with guys like Jason Day and thank God Ricky's not playing this week. (laughs) I I tend to take a longer form even in, in certain micro situations like this, so Give me the guys that are a little more proven.
1: All right. You want to get into some fun. Let's talk about these 8K guys. Cause Paul Casey oh back in the field, $8,900. He's like a Mr. Travelers championship, despite never winning here before great course history. And even at the cor- the two main corollary courses that I've found that just have similar That's leaderboards fun. are Riviera and the Valspar championship. Obviously, Paul Casey is the back-to-back defending champ of the Valspar Championship, tends to play well here, and Riviera. The other one that I found was the 2017 Northern Trust. Uh, just a lot of similar names that pop up at the Travelers popped up at that one as well, plus Riviera, plus Valspar. But do you play Paul Casey at 8900 bucks? I think I'm going to fade.
2: Yeah, I'll probably... I mean, in, in cash, I may look to him, but in a tournament like the Millie Maker, uh, I think the course history will entice people more than it should, and we don't know. I know I just spoke about him and Cantley, And I do feel fine that they play okay, but we don't know. Um, So there is that inherent risk. Uh, If he's very popular, and I expect he will be, I probably come in underweight. There's just too many other guys that I at least have seen, you know, four, six, eight rounds from uh, that I feel more comfortable with.
1: So going down the line after Paul Casey, Bubba Watson, three-time champ at this course, 8800 <laughs> bucks is up next. He's followed down the list by Patrick Reed, 87. Sungjae Im coming off a miscut, as my one-and-done. Thanks, Sungjae. At 86. Sergio Spieth, Woodland Finao. Matthew Fitzpatrick, 8100 and Mark Leishman, another former winner here, at $8,000. So the ones I have highlighted right now that I think are going to make it, I'm using Bubba. I don't fucking care. I I think he's going to play well. He's playing well, and this is a course he plays well at. What's not to like? Uh, Sergio, going back to that, probably use Leishman, because I don't think that a lot of people are going to be on him, and outside of the first hole at Colonial, actually played pretty well, Uh, and Tony Finau. Tony Finau and Patrick Reed, I think... Especially Patrick Reed, I don't think people want to go back to after he missed the cut.
2: Yeah, so obviously, m- no surprise. What am I doing? I'm going right back to Patrick. Patrick Reed and Tony Fino, definitely my favorite too here. Uh, I don't worry about Reed whatsoever. Sunjay's fine as well. He missed the cut, but Re- Reed should bounce back nicely. Fino's got some things that I do like here uh, coming. Should be able to be aggressive, not playing particularly great, but also not playing bad either. He just needs to shore up the irons a bit. Um, you know, the putter will see that the POA nature of this though, I, I think is kind of an equalizer and it can't hurt him uh, per se. So I'm going to go back to read back to those guys. I'm a little nervous because you are the bubble whisperer. Um, I wasn't planning on going to Bubba, even though he does win this seemingly every year.
1: Yeah. But, it's usually like pretty telegraphed like outside of i think one of his wins where he just wasn't really playing well whatsoever just came and stormed everyone here anyway he made every putt inside 10 feet that year to beat brian Harmon. so if you're gonna make every putt inside 10 feet i don't really care who you are you're probably gonna win the tournament although i guess that abraham answer technically made every putt inside 10 feet because he kept missing from like 11 feet so he just tapped it in so it all worked out either way Bubba's played well these first two events he had one bad round at Heritage in round three when he couldn't putter chip but if he's like his game is looking okay and it seems like people are hesitant to use him which I find really fascinating
2: that's interesting see I I wouldn't think that's the case just because we're still pretty early with recent form um I just the thing I like about of fades is that you can get paid off in a big way like even i know i'm zooming in here but the last three years miscut first and 54th like you're getting two out of three you know really lucrative fades and obviously you're incredibly punished in 2018 but i, I the range of outcomes for him is gigantic even at a course like this so ownership always tells the tale i, I think he's going to be more popular though maybe i'm wrong about that
1: i, I it's not to say that i i've I think that he'll be probably one of the 10 highest owned guys in the millionaire maker, but I don't think that he's going to be pushing like the 25% or even the 20%. Like some people expect there's too many good players in this area. Early ownership actually shows no one's using Sergio, which I think is crazy.
2: That's yeah. I mean, Sergio, you called it on Twitter. Uh, like, I mean, he turned it around a little bit. He just ran out of holes with the putter, gained 10 strokes with the approach. He, he was another one besides answer that easily could have and probably should have won.
1: Well, the big thing with him is going to be he missed five putts inside five feet last week. He makes those. He wins by two.
2: (laughs) Just disturbing. Um, Hasn't been here in a while, but this course should fit him. Uh, And when he was here, I mean, I know it was a long time ago, but there's no reason that Sergio shouldn't like this course and like this setup.
1: Yeah, I wrote about it a little bit in my column, which you can check out in the description of this video or podcast, is that... (laughs) when sergio loses strokes putting he tends to lose a lot but when he gains strokes putting in any event he tends to gain a lot of strokes which is really weird like there's he very rarely do you see him at 0 for the week
2: yeah those are the best type of players um there are bad putters like that and, and guys that when they get hot they get crazy hot and that's what you're looking for in tournaments i mean what good is it gaining one you know one stroke game putting is nice you're probably more likely to make the cut but are you really likely to win the event like that no you need to get hot with the putter some guys just don't do that so uh that is a positive for sergio
1: so i i do like sergio a lot what do we do with spieth spieth's a former champion (laughs) here uh no it seems like now no one is using him again after he went from like he's back he's back now everyone's like oh he fucking sucks again
2: yeah that's unfortunate for me because i was never using him uh it, I don't even, there's going to be a time where Spieth will pay some people off uh, and then I'll reevaluate until that happens though. I, I'm not going to use them indefinitely.
1: Did you know that at heritage rounds two, three, and four, he gained strokes off the tee in each of those rounds. He just couldn't putt last week. Really? He had one really bad round with the irons, but you expect Spieth to be putting the lights out all the time, which is why you don't bank on putting, but it turned the other way and he was a disaster, but I was encouraged to see him in the eight rounds. Since he's been back, he's actually gained off the tee in six of them.
2: That is surprising. The pro it just seems always that it's always something now, like he strings it together for runs, and we see six birdies in a row, but I, I just, his stats show nothing uh consistency wise. So, I, I can't. It's not even close for me. I, there's no chance i play him.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of going down the yeah. same same road as you. Uh, Leishman. I'm not going to use Fitzpatrick. I'll use Leishman in this <sighs> spot. Like I said, former champion, tends to play well at Riviera. Uh, Sergio's another one who plays well at Riviera and Valspar, coincidentally enough. Uh, with Leishman, looking back at his Charles Schwab, like, his first hole, I think he triple bogeyed after putting it into the woods. He almost broke even for the week off the tee, and he gained four strokes on approach in two rounds.
2: So Leishman's another guy, when you just brought this up with Sergio, he loses, he has some really ice cold putting performances, but when he gets hot from the greens, we see it in the form of wins a lot. At Farmers, he gained eight strokes putting, API around six. Uh, and then around that, he lost a, you know, a handful of strokes. The boom bust nature of him, always really good target uh gaining consistently with the irons i have no problem with leishman actually you know if i had to pick a third guy from this range it would probably be him
1: well it's going to be an interesting spot for him too i don't think the course history is going to play too much of a factor only because when you look at the top of the seven thousand dollar range neiman is right there and people want to use neiman for good reason
2: yeah i mean neiman is fantastic he's I mean, he's still only 21. He scores like just an absolute banshee. It's insane. Like he, he makes cuts on the number and then it's just immediately showdown season for him. So I get that. I'm going to Hovland. Uh, I like this spot for him. He's quietly just chugging along His short game is weak. Again, great ball striker strong off the tee. 7,800. I actually bet him at 60 to one. Um, so i'm i'm on the hovland train this week
1: yeah when it came down to my final spot in terms of the betting card i'm still trying to figure it out hovland was the one guy i was looking at along with scotty scheffler who's back in the field this week because i feel like they both do similar things well except for hovland consistently the ball striking for him like to look at his like baseline numbers just off the tee and through approach is that he's
2: rory it's weird yeah, that's a good thing. I mean, it's it's interesting to me because these guys are all grouped, and I get that they are, but Morikawa being so good with the irons, I think is overshadowed how good Hovland is just, you know, an accumulation of off the tee and just ball striking in general. So, I mean, look at the price difference, and I get the results have been a little different, but Hovland to me still... um is in the convert. like he is a damn good player. 7,800. I feel more than comfortable there.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go to him, DraftKings for sure. I might end up getting on that bet as well. So, that upper $7,000 area, I do like him. I like Neiman and Hovland, 78 and 79. No shocker there. Poston is just kind of jammed in between them. No one's gonna use him, but I, I don't feel like this is his type of course.
2: He's just always tricky because he's just an, he's an atypical player. Um, he, I mean, <laughs> his stats last week. Real solid. Four strokes lost with the approaches, but he gained 12 in the short game. Like I don't know what to do with that. Um, now he's coming off two consecutive top 10 showings. He he gets it done. It's just very hard for me to look at that and then look at Hovland and not figure. You know, Brian Harmon is here. He's going to be very popular. Yeah, it makes sense. We, yeah,
1: well, yeah. Let's let's pass on Brian Harmon.
2: What do you think? N- no dice.
1: No, I, I'm just. It's not for me this week. There, I, if in the 7K range, I'm probably going to have some guys miss the cut. That's going to happen. However, I'm just going pure ball striker. Like, the guys I have highlighted, Neiman, Hovland, Scheffler,
2: Connors, Kokrak. Boom. So, are you even close to playing Jason Day at this point? or Are no, you just over it? No. no.
1: I, I haven't okay. played it. I made the mistake and bit on Ben Ann last week. I was like, I took one week <laughs> off. I'm going to be sneaky and come back. Then it turns out everyone used to be fucking was terrible. Uh, oh Jason Day just God. continues to be terrible.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's awful. I mean, eh it's again spieth is providing coverage for for like day is just broken i've been using him. i have to wind it down I, there's just nothing to even point to except in 2016 he was very good uh and i don't think that's a real data point at this point so a lot of ball strikers there cory connors your boy keegs um, I think this Ryan. is.
1: A, I, I think this is a really nice week to go back to Kokrak after everyone like kind of sniffed his jock last week and he was terrible. That this is a better, this is a much better course for him. I know he had had a decent showing at Heritage in the past, but another guy good at good at Riviera, good at Valspar, should be good here.
2: Yeah, I mean, he definitely should be good here. He's got a lot of experience with not a ton of success, but there's also I think an argument to be made that Kokrak is just a better player at this point um he's taken some strides in a lot of courses his short game is horrendous it's going to be bad consistently there's nothing you can do about that but i don't mind that i still probably prefer uh dropping down a little to some of my extreme guilty pleasures in the low sevens
1: so okay in the low sevens at seven thousand dollars even i'm going with the glove and max Homa. Mm -hmm. i'm just going to use those two guys they're probably going to be popular i don't care i like them this week so let me guess you're going to use fratelli and oh louis there you're definitely going to use
2: louis for sure right i mean louis to me everything checks out except that he's louis and he's playing horrible (laughs) just that slight problem but i mean this is a guy he was second at valspar last year he should set up perfectly he was 10th at the northern trust that you referenced he's just a pure ball striker when he's going his form to me is almost irrelevant he can rebound off anything nobody I don't think people will go to him he's seventy two hundred uh he's played travelers uh, i don't know what else to really look at. I'm definitely going to Louie and I'm going to Benny On need him to turn it around. He's been bad lately
1: yeah, and usually with Ben Ann, it's like, oh, he played so great, and he missed twenty pots inside ten feet, and he ended up missing the cut. That has not been the case the past two i i it's it was i believe the worst let's see, huh, maybe this is something to look at. So the two worst tournaments ever that he's had off the tee, RBC Heritage last week lost 4.1 strokes off the tee. And then the other one was RBC Heritage in 2019, when he lost eight
2: strokes off the tee.
1: Maybe there's just something about Heritage that just he can't handle.
2: Yeah, and that's something that I actually did notice. Um, and then just to speak to Charles Schwab a little bit, and again, you can say this about a lot of guys, he lost three strokes putting, which isn't surprising. He also made a nine on a par five. So, you know, that, that finish is a little inflated. And then you look at Heritage. Obviously, it doesn't agree with him. You lose four off the tee. You lose six with the putter. That's why he missed the, the cut by a million strokes. Um, I don't think it's as dire as it seems. Coming to a place where I, I have no problem with the course fit for him, 7,200, he, he's definitely going to be in the pool.
1: Are you going to talk me back into stupid Ben Ann?
2: I'm trying come, to quit, come on yeah. it he's to a world class scrambler i know i say that and then it just doesn't matter cuz you can just green the greens and regulation this to death but i i feel pretty good this reminds me a little of like Ryan palmer punished me and everybody at charles schwab if you hung on you got paid off last week to an extent um Danny I think could have be in for a quick turnaround right here.
1: Yeah. There, there's a bunch of other guys in this range. You like Snediger, the simulator at fantasy national really likes him, but he's just been, he did not play well at all last week. Rafa, Kali Rogers, I think is going to be somewhat popular. You always have the outlier. That is Danny Lee. If there was some sort of format where you could take the players, two best rounds of the week and make that your team, Danny Lee would be on my team every week.
2: Yeah. He'd be multiple, you know, major winner at this point, I think, uh, What about your boy, Shane Lowry? You always mention him. Oh, man. He's He's been bad. He has
1: destroyed my best lineup
2: two weeks in a row.
1: And I I know that shouldn't make a difference, but it it just, it's like, he's just takes himself out of it right away.
2: He's been bad. It really has. And I, I haven't had a ton of interest, but I just, I see him down. And this is where I like to target him because the ownership will be gone. He's a guy we know he can pop anywhere strong field. Um, uh, he's what I'm hoping to do with Shane Lowry is maybe play like between five and ten percent and still get leverage uh that's the plan at least
1: Let me see what is early i'm gonna I'm gonna put a star next to his name Ben. you've somewhat convinced me on that one just because I've been rolling with him anyway. Why, why would I give up now that he's seventeen hundred dollars cheaper but that's what I'm saying in yeah. terms of Shane Lowry, where are you at Shane Lowry? Yeah, two percent
2: that's what I'm saying like two percent Shane Lowry at seventy one hundred. Now we're talking. Just on, on the profile, it doesn't mean he's going to play good. It just means that if he does, and I have trouble predicting when he does, you could get paid off in a huge way, which is obviously what you're trying to do.
1: Any love for Kevin Na? It looks like he's going to play, and maybe he doesn't gain enough off the tee for here. But like, you know, remember when Furyk shot 58 at this course? Nah, kind of reminds me of Furyk in a way. Like, when he gets hot with the irons, like, he peaks peaks in the two spots where you would want, like, a way that you can win. So, like, you can, like, Brooks and DJ were the two best guys off the tee last week. Generally speaking, like, if you peak with the driver, that tends to be somewhat consistent, but that's not going to win you a tournament. If you can be the hot iron guy and or the hot putter guy, that wins you tournaments.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, Kevin Na, I mean, he's shown that he can just – get crazy hot if this is a course where he'll actually be able to get you know short irons and wedges in his hand can get can get going on the greens i worry about his back obviously ryan (laughs) the problem i have is i look there and then i'm just like well ryan moore is the same way if you can get wedges in ryan moore's hand
1: uh, yeah but ryan moore just doesn't make enough putts ever
2: ever yeah he's yeah he's just not good that's the other problem (laughs) um but I don't know. Ryan Moore sucked me in with, he, he loves travelers and I get it. I get exactly why the course history is the way it is for him. Um, I think if I had to choose, I would go to Ryan Moore over Kevin non. He's going to take those shares. The more I was just looking
1: at uh, who the best scorers, at least recently in the field are from 400 to 450 yards uh, in terms of those types of par fours There are seven of them on the course this week. And Webb just
2: keeps popping up. <laughs> That's terrible news. Um, Webb pops uh, up everywhere. Yeah, I'm sure he does. I, I'm sure he does with his 200 feet of putts on Friday every week. Um,
1: so you're gonna need that though. <laughs>
2: yeah, I know. Yeah, I I can confirm that you can use that. It's just no. I'm I'm gonna stick to my guns. But I got so I did only a couple useful things last week, and they were debatable at best. But one of them was I played Charles in showdown consistently. Charles is low key coming back. You heard it here first. Former winner maybe of Val-
1: former winner of Valesboro, uh top five at Riviera.
2: You see what I'm talking about? Yeah, he's he's trending upward, but
1: he just bleed strokes off the tee,
2: though. Still, I know. Last week, though, I know it's a different course, but it was better. The game looked good. Uh, there's really no history to go off of here. I I'm really encouraged by how he's playing. I know it's been bad for a while, but. I think Charles is low key. He was really cooking before the break, Uh, even at, I mean, his Honda stats are borderline ridiculous, but at the Pro-Am, really solid and and came in fifth. So I'm going to buy on Charles, again, a YOLO type play for a Millie maker.
1: All right. So let's talk about some of these guys in the 6K range. Uh, Ones I have highlighted, Cameron Champ. Let's go to Cameron Champ. Doc Redman, I think, is going to be very popular this week, and I can see why. He's striking the hell out of the ball. He's 6,700 bucks. I like Vegas at 67. Norlander is the min, and he seems like he should rate out really well at this course, but I I don't know if I want to go to these guys. Like, uh, Tagala is someone I think that you could potentially take a shot on, couldn't you?
2: I I don't – that sounds like a made-up person to me. So Um, every week there's guys with – well, Griot, he sounds also made up for a different reason. He, so Kevin Tway and Griot are two guys that, in theory, make perfect sense. But I don't know if I can get over how ugly it's been. Um, honestly, in a, in a ridiculous way, I'm almost more concerned about Kevin Tway's form.
1: Yeah, well, Kevin Tway can't drive the ball anymore. That used to be like yeah, his which, thing, and then you just go look at his numbers. He's lost off the tee in like 10 consecutive events
2: that's yeah. Again, problematic would be the word. What about Tyler Duncan? Oh, T dunks. Um, he
1: was my guy last week. And then he T- fucking yeah. blew it on the weekend.
2: <laughs> he tries at least he's just been playing solid golf though. You like, um, you you like his efforts. Yeah. He, he's a grinder out there. I, I do think there is low key something to, to a guy like that who seemingly always finds his way in. I'm not saying he's going to get you a ton of finishing points, but you talked about, this is a week where six of six could be legitimately like 1%. Um, you know, depending on what tournament you're in, you're going to be a handful of them. You, you you can kind of go to guys that you think can maybe just get through. Harry Higgs is down here. Oh yeah. 6,400 making cuts consistently always outscores his placement. I I mean, I think you could do a lot worse than Harry Higgs, even though the irons are really bad. If the putter cools down, he's absolutely cooked. How
1: about Aaron wise, your guy?
2: (laughs) He's like the min, basically. Hmm. I mean, he's another one that I have no problem. The problem with Aaron Wise is that he went from being, I don't say a great putter, but he was a better putter than this. His putting is just completely gone. And the ball striking is not crisp enough to carry that. So is he going to be in the pool? Probably so. Well, I mean, I- I'm going to keep playing. I-, I had some Troy Merritt last week uh, and it was horrendous. He's someone I think can get hot on the greens. These are really deep targets though. I mean, I'm not playing Grayson, obviously. I'm not playing... Kyle Stanley question mark
1: okay so Kyle Stanley was actually someone that I was looking into so Stanley actually struck the ball really well last week despite missing the cut obviously he couldn't make a putt to save his life because that's what he does but he's one of those like when we talked you said Molinari was kind of the guy that short hitter but still gains a bunch off the tee Kyle Stanley is actually that guy too
2: yeah he I mean he is I tend to think of him and I'm not trying to pigeonhole myself with him. I I usually try to target him at courses that have like really long par fours. Uh, He's great at attacking those, but I don't think this is a terrible fit. And we're talking about, like you mentioned, these are the low sixes. Uh, You want to just find a guy who can do one thing good and go with it. That's always my strategy. If they can get crazy hot with one part of their game, that's good enough for me to at least consider down here. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't see a huge differentiation really between some of these guys at the bottom sixes and the guys at the top of the sixes or even low sevens. Like you could probably go to local, local hero, Scott Stallings, if you wanted to made the cut last week, gained a bunch on approach, always puts better on POA. He's used to these conditions. Like I don't love Scott Stallings by any means, but he's someone who can drive it a ton. And now that they're testing for COVID, I don't think they're testing for steroids anymore. So maybe he's back on the juice.
2: Yeah. He threw him off. Um, that's my whole theory on this week. Like I don't see a ton of difference between these guys in terms of made cut equity and, and the guy's almost a thousand dollars more than them. So if that allows me to jam Rory, Rom DJ, you know, combos two of three, uh, I'm going to do it. And then I'll figure out the rest when I have to.
1: Yeah. I only have one guy projected over 5% right now in the $6,000 area. And it's a and he's at 11.
2: (laughs) Yeah. and, And that's not surprising. Like you said, the way he's striking. What, oh, what about, as you say, the inventor of basketball? Ah, um, I, I,
1: I'm using him again this week.
2: I like Okay. Him. Yeah. I mean, the, the Irons have been fantastic, seemingly making cuts consistently. I think Redmond will be the chalk if there is some, you know, relative to the price range. I'd probably rather go to Neesmith. So I'm with you there.
1: Yeah. So the other guy is the kind of like $7,200 and below. First two week back leaders in approach in this field. Redmond's number two overall behind answer Woodland. We didn't even really talk about it. 8,300. He's still third in approach over these first two tournaments. He just keeps having one meltdown like per round.
2: And that's something you can look to. Like, I, I don't think all, all scores are created equal. I'm much more encouraged by something like that than a guy who's just consistently getting bludgeoned, you know, with bogeys, bogeys, bogeys. So, um, yeah, uh, there there are some flyers down here. You don't want to go crazy, but at the same time, it's not devoid of reasonable plays.
1: Yeah, uh, the Knights who say, nee, Smith, are 12th in approach since coming back. Harold Varner's 10th. Duncan is 17th. Norlander in two rounds is 12th, but he's someone who kind of always shows up in modeling and is never really all that good. Grio is still 17th. Michael Thompson in his four <laughs> rounds, 19th. Uh, who else spawn CT pan Seb Straka like these are some of the guys from down very very low Scott Stallings is also 30th in his four rounds so far but uh, these are the types of guys that you could potentially turn to if you wanted to build that like superstars super scrubs roster
2: yeah and I think there's enough of them that you'll have some options to fit the team it doesn't mean you know, of course, these guys, I expect a lot of them to honestly not find the weekend, but there'll be enough if it gets very aggressive up top. And I'm waiting the win equity higher than most this week above 10K. So that's how I'm going to try to structure it. I haven't built yet. That could change depending on what we see, but I think there's enough to get by. All right.
1: Any final thoughts on the Travelers Championship? I, I think any skill set can win. And because of that, I think we're going to see another awesome Sunday leaderboard.
2: Yeah, I I think that it's interesting. This is another really short course, uh, par 70, but I see it vastly different from what we've just seen the past two weeks. It's kind of a hybrid of both of them in some ways. So I'm not going to overreact to recent form. And I I seemingly, I don't know, I'm obviously jinxing myself. I seemingly do really well here a lot. I I like this fit for the guys that I like to target. So I'm excited.
1: Yeah, I mentioned this to Feinberg. It's been every other year for me at this course. Like I didn't hit it last year when Shez won but I hit it the year before with Bubba didn't have speeth when he chipped in to win uh the year before was... I had Russell Knox like you know, it's every other year we're in the cycle of every other year so hopefully Morikawa can just
2: win and I'll be fine or Bubba okay I like it sounds like a plan to me yeah see
1: so boom we're good to go here uh how have you been doing the first two weeks anyway
2: so two weeks ago I got incredibly lucky I punched a seat uh to the le- world you know the final oh. on a showdown lineup which was so fortunate um, on a Sunday showdown that really saved my first week last week. I just didn't have enough web. Um, so I didn't do good, but of all the things I will give a cr- quick shout out to Chris Kirk. I had him on the corn ferry tour last week and that <laughs> saved a lot. Uh, him and Vince India battling it out. So Chris Kirk came through for me, even though he wasn't in the field. So
1: are you looking back to the corn fair? Cause we've seen list and I know. Kirk win. Does that mean like we should be taking I don't know, Brandon Haggy at the, I saw Sean Stephanie's in this field, maybe him like guys that you recognize from the PGA tour and just bet them because my main man, I, Will Zlateros is like good every week, but never wins
2: every week. Yeah. He, he was up there last week. Again, I, I do think there's something to these guys taking class drops. That's why I, you know, I backed Kirk uh, at colonial and then I saw him in the field and I was just like, wow, you know, he's, this is obviously a huge class drop, Incredibly fortunate, of course, but I think there's something to looking at the Corn Ferry for established pros.
1: So, who are guys that we got on there? Established pros. Harkins. Haggy. Seamus is
2: down there, but there's serious problems with his game right now.
1: Uh, oh, Grayson Sig. I like that name. I hope he makes the tour someday. Oh, Outlaw Tour standout. KK Limhurst. Let's see. Kramer Hickok is down there. Stephanie. Oh, Jim Konos is down there. Like, I used to bet that guy first round leader every single week. Dewey Vanderwall, Teeter, Checkia. Oh, wow. Paul Peterson's playing. Like, he's an overseas guy. Ollie is 70 to 1. Sang Moon is 70 to 1. Dylon, whoo! He's down there as well. So there's, like, guys that I recognize rather than yeah, your, like, I mean, average Corn Fairy regular.
2: There were times where Ollie was, like, 70 to 1 in, like, waste management field. So, like, I know it's different, but at the same time, These are guys who've played against a lot better. I'm definitely backing class droppers and corn Ferry these days.
1: Uh, You mentioned the final day showdown. Do you have any tips for that for people? Like I did really well with final day showdown uh, because I used JT. (laughs) <laughs> and he ended up storming up the leaderboard and then i just i the only the only person i didn't have in my sunday showdown lineup because i had him bet to win was webb i was like well if webb doesn't win these showdown lineups are gonna look really spicy so i had like burger and answer and sergio and thomas and i think like if landry had just like shot minus three i think i would have won a bunch but he did not because he's andrew landry but like is there because you need those placement points
2: right you, you do. So that's the double edged sword. Um, you definitely need those placement points. But at the same time, if it's really, really easy scoring conditions, you can make up for that, you know, in a big way. We saw Xander go out by himself and just go nuts. Uh, you, you know who I had?
1: I had Brooks and he made the two eagles on the front
2: nine. <laughs> there you go. Um, I had Rory, which was an, talk about unmitigated disaster, uh, but that's neither here nor there. I think in, if it's, even if it's not playing tough, but even if it's playing average, that's where you're going to lean heavily or on the placement points. doesn't mean you take guys one through six on the board, but you definitely want a couple guys that are giving your point totals. You know, you're getting a boost right from the start. And then you look to those guys that can kind of haven't been, you know, putting. The, the typical things we see in showdowns and the weather splits, as you always talk about. If you go out in twosomes, you're going to have guys finishing before the leaders tee off. If they're playing both sides, split tees, That's a totally different, that's like a, you know, a bell shape, a U-shaped curve. Uh, You want to attack it totally different in that regard.
1: Yeah, and I think that people get really confused about, like, because it is everyone going out in twosomes. Like, especially if you get a cluttered leaderboard again, like, if you do see those weather splits, just take the guys who are, like, minus 13, if that's, like, where the big cluster is, and just the ones with the earlier t tops.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. That's the other thing. Like you're, you can be two shots off of another guy and you tee off like three hours before him. Um, It's ridiculous. And you can make that up in one, you know, the difference between in placement points, you're talking like a birdie to jump from 50th to like 10th. Uh, You know, I'm just throwing out numbers, but it's massive. You can make up for it in a big way. So just understand the format. That's honestly my best advice. All right.
1: Ben Raza, com. What do you guys got kicking up over there? Do you, do you have any more columns coming out on your guys' sports blog about all the golf players in the field?
2: Oh, we got everything on everything. But, yeah, I mean, sports slowly coming back. Obviously, NASCAR, KBO, golf already up. Projections, ownership, all those things. And then we are planning a lot of big things for when NBA gets started, hopefully baseball. So if you haven't stopped in, go over, pick a package, and we'd love to keep you inside the ropes and try it out for a little while. You got a promo? We don't right now. Stay tuned. We're doing flash sales all the time. So if you watch my golf shows, uh, I have one on Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, live before lock. You can see that. We have flash sales during the show. You can get in uh, for a promo, save some money. All
1: right. We well, just follow Ben on Twitter at Jazzrazdfs, And then you can find out everything that comes down the pipeline. For me, at the PME on Twitter. I'll be doing giveaways Wednesday noon Eastern time to 2 Eastern time. For Millionaire Maker tickets for the Travelers Championship this week, I suggest you go check that out. So give me a follow along there. You also follow me on Instagram and Facebook at the PME. 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time Wednesday live chat with me, taking your questions, final betting card, weather update, ownership update. We'll have that all for you. Hope to see you there. You can check that out after the fact on the PME audio podcast feed as well. If you're an audio listener, please scroll to the bottom, hit five stars, be on your way. That would be I'd be very grateful. If you could do that in fantasynational.com slash Mayo, we'll get you 20% off winning a million dollars. Not a guarantee because I've been a member. I ain't winning a million bucks. I can tell you that much right now. Hopefully you can though. I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time.
0: This is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer. He hears things differently to the untrained ear. Everything on his shop floor might sound fine